everyone. This is a Page of Life podcast. This is officially episode three. I'm so excited to be back. I hope you are too. Uh, today I'm here with Mr. Bowles, and Mr. Bowles can say a couple things about himself. Hi, yeah, my name is Brett Bowles. I'm, uh, I'm the choir director at Hall High School in West Hartford, Connecticut. I am Caitlin's <laughs> choir director, choir teacher. Uh, I'm also a musical theater composer and a lyricist. I am a director, a music director. Um, not a choreographer, and I don't dance. Uh, and I also uh, am the creator and the host of the MT on uh, TikTok. <laughs> okay, perfect. So today's focus is going to be pretty much all around music. So any of you musical listeners <laughs> out there, which I hope are most of you, I, I find it kind of dull if you didn't listen to music, um, you'll enjoy this one. So first, just starting off, is um, when like did you start music path-oriented? Like When did you start fully getting involved in it? So I, uh, start, I've always played the piano since I was two years old. We had a piano at my the condo I used to live in, and my dad used to play, my uncle plays, my grandfather played. So it was something I was just drawn to naturally. Um, when I was eight years old, I started taking piano lessons uh, from a Russian woman uh, whose breath smelled very bad. Uh, and I always hated practicing and I hated going there. Uh, but I loved to play. So ultimately, um, I had a piano tuner that became my teacher in high school. And uh, he was the guy that really taught me like chord progressions and how to play musical theater pieces. And that kind of started me on the whole musical theater path. And uh, I started performing in middle school. And then uh, in high school, I started writing. And wow, I, that's early. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I thought I wanted to go to college for um, musical theater performance and, and have you know get a BFA. In musical theater, but as I as I started writing uh, more professionally in high school, uh, I realized that was kind of the path I really wanted to go. So I ended up going to Ithaca College um, for uh, my I got my bachelor's of music in composition, music composition, um, with a focus in musical theater. So. How did you feel about your experience in college? And like, did any pathways change? Did you make any decisions about where you wanted to go? Like, how did that work out for you? So I had. Um, my composition professor uh, at Ithaca was a guy named Greg Woodward, and he was a musical theater nut, which was just, I mean, it just was serendipitous for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And we became best friends. He's actually now the president of, Heart, of the Hart School uh, uh, oh, cool. of the uh, University of Hartford, uh, strangely. Um, but one of the things that I hadn't really been exposed to before college, at least not to the level that I was exposed to it in college, was um, concert music. Uh, and I didn't even know, like if you had asked me in high school what concert music was, I probably wouldn't have even known. But um, it was, uh, we were, as, as music majors, we were required to go to a certain number of recitals, student recitals and faculty recitals, as all sorts of different music. And um, not only do we have to go, but as composition majors specifically, we have to um, listen and take notes uh, every time we went about what we connected to. Uh, aesthetically about the performance or about the piece of music that was being played or pieces of music that were being played and think about why we liked them, why we didn't like them and what, what were the techniques that were being used and um, you know, think about the, the historical context of all of the pieces. And so listening to music in that way kind of opened my mind in a way that I never really, uh, I never really had before. Um, and it's informed, I think then I probably wouldn't have understood how it informed my writing um, but it definitely has informed my writing in a, in a big way, just being exposed to all that different stuff, um, learning how, like how the, how the music, different music theory applications, right. uh, you know, go into each, each different thing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so that was, that was a really cool 
uh, sort of mind-opening experience that I never expected to right. have in college, but I did. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I bet. I mean, there's so much about music. There's so many things you can learn about, so many pathways you can go down. So I'm sure it was kind of like a shock. But And nobody really – uh, this is the other thing that was interesting, that nobody else in my department – no, none of the other students, we'll put it that way um, – they wrote for musical theater. And so nobody really respected that. Everybody right. was like, musical theater, it's so like, meh. Yeah. You know, we want to write concert music and atonal music, which is fine. You know, that's 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 their thing. Um, but I was very lucky to have Greg in my corner because he would always stand up for musical theater. Right. And, uh, so we were like two peas in a pod. And, <laughs> so I wouldn't have gotten through school without him. So it's yeah. very having him. Yeah, well, I guess we're, we're probably going to circle back to that eventually at the end of this. But I think that I, I definitely, from a person, I love like musical theater. I, I love it. I love watching, listening, whatever, but I I don't have the same ear or, you know, mind for listening to the lyrics and understanding um, why it's so good from a songwriter's perspective and, and understand that. So um, it's really cool to just hear it, like how you do on your MT and all of that kind of thing, because it's just so out of my like understanding zone. So, you know, it's yep. a very cool learning experience, but after college, what was your like thing? Like, what did you go right into? Did you have any sort of like path in mind and did you go right into it or how did that work for you? So I wrote um, I wrote a musical in school based on the Count of Monte Cristo. It's an adaptation of the Count of Monte Cristo before Frank Wildhorn wrote his, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and it was really well received at school and Jeremy Jordan actually played the lead in it. Oh and it was, like a, yeah, it was like a big thing because right. um, we went to school together. But um, that I, I thought, well actually right after school, I had written a I had been working since high school with a guy named Bill C. Davis, who's a Broadway playwright. He had uh, a couple shows on Broadway and one that was uh, made into a film with Jack Lemmon. It was like his big claim to fame. It's a, a play called Mass Appeal. And so I wrote the show with him throughout high school and uh, we workshopped it in college again with Jeremy. And then right after college, we took the show down to Virginia to do a workshop production. So like right off the bat, I like graduated and then like went right into the into professional it. theater world. Right. Um, and uh, so Bill and I went down to Richmond with Jeremy and I lived with Jeremy for a couple months as we really? workshopped the show. That is so incredible. Yeah. I love him. My yeah. dad will love to hear that yeah, too. See, there you go. Um, so it was a whole experience and uh, it was great. And actually, sadly, uh, Bill just passed away. I learned like last week or two oh. weeks ago, we were at rehearsal here. Sorry. Somebody just texted me saying he had passed away. I was like, I shocking but anyway right um very sad uh, but that was the first thing that i did and then uh after that i came back to connecticut and i uh as a way to sort of pay the bills you know i, I became a private vocal coach and voice teacher uh, with one of my old high school choir director she right. started a business and so i taught with her for a while and um that i did that for years until i joined the BMI Musical Theater Workshop in New York, which is where uh, Bobby and Kristen Lopez met and and you know are now married and you know wrote all the songs for Frozen uh, and whatever yeah, and right. you know Lynn Aaron and Stephen Flaherty met through that workshop. So uh, I, I joined the workshop and uh, I had a, a show that I had written shortly before joining the workshop that was accepted by the New York Musical Theater Festival. So uh, that ran there and opened there, won a couple of awards. So I was like on the path to become you know. Uh, a composer lyricist that's that's what I, that's what i wanted to right. do and i was teaching and music directing to, to sort of make some money while i was doing that um and then it wasn't until after i uh, got married and had a kid and uh, i decided to, to to start teaching because mm -hmm. i love working with kids and it was a, a more sustainable 
more sustainable job. So, right. but I love being here and wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. I mean, obviously I wouldn't either. I love having this perspective, <laughs> but, um, so you made that, I mean, that's a pretty big change. I'd say I, I'm pretty sure you're still doing, are you still doing lyrics, like composing and everything like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. What are yeah. you doing? Like, do you have any projects now or things that you've just finished? Like, is there anything about that that you've like been doing? Yeah. Before? So we have, um, I wrote the book and the lyrics to uh, an adaptation of uh, Benjamin Button, the musical, which has been going, we've been workshopping that show for years. Um, we did some work off Broadway at the York Theater in New York. And then we were in London a couple of years ago at the Southern Playhouse doing a showcase of the show. Uh, and we're trying to get that on its feet in some other form, although right now in a pandemic, that's a little bit difficult to right. do. So, uh, and then I have another project uh, called the Well Songs Project. It's a, a musical that's written um, with an occupational therapist friend of mine who's also an actor uh, and that is uh, centered around families uh, with children uh, who have special needs. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're in the stages of early stages of getting like a Zoom reading together of that and recording a, a demo or concept album or whatever. Right. And then um, I also just started a, a new project with a friend of mine who's also the co-producer of my MT <laughs> uh, TikTok thing. His name is Rob Berliner. And so we've started collaborating on a, on a musical that I can't talk about yet because he would tell me, but that's, uh, <laughs> but that's currently in the works. All right. so. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there's just a lot of that. It just seems very fast. I mean, was there any point where you felt like, oh, no, like, I don't know if this is exactly what I want to do? Or I know you had the big career change with the teaching, but was there any time where it was like a lot? Because, I mean, all of it seems very intense, like all the time. So. Well, it is and it isn't. You know, uh, there, uh, there was never a time when I questioned it. Mm -hmm. I always like from the second I landed at Ithaca, that was this was what I wanted to do. And right. that's never that's never changed. I mean, so my ultimate goal is still to be able to do that. Um, ultimately, I, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm here and I love it here and I don't want to leave here either. But, right. you know, that's like uh, I, I still want to do that thing like that's, right. that hasn't changed. Um, and the writing thing is, it, it is, it, it, when it is intense, it's intense. And when it, but there are long periods of nothing, right. you know, you, you write for the most part alone, or unless you're working with a, a collaborator and, you know, you go months and months and months where nothing's really happening. You're just kind of writing and tweaking things. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, a theater wants to do a quick production. And then it's like a few months of like, blah, 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 and you go, go, right. go, go, go. And you do the casting thing and you do the rehearsals and then it's up and then it's done. Right. And then it's like, waiting, 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 waiting. Mm -hmm. So. It is intense, but it's also like a lot of like hurry up and wait. Right. You know? And so now, obviously, like we just had Pops and Jazz. So if you don't know what Pops and Jazz is, it's like a huge performance at Hall. It's like dancing and music and jazz, obviously. And like it's just very big in West Hartford. And you just finished that season recently, right? Or is it? Yeah, it we're come out yet, just finishing up this week. How was that? How did that go? Um, well, this is an interesting year because the first time we ever tried to do virtual right. pops and jazz. So there's been a lot of uh, learning curves in terms of, you know, audio mixing and editing. And, and like some rehearsals are are just like normal rehearsals. We're rehearsing rep and some of it is like, well, we're doing video today. And we just like filming all sorts of random shots without any singing at all. And right. that's a very different process mm -hmm. this year, cobbling it together into this hopefully right. good quality thing, <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, there's a ton of different aspects. There's like the singing, the playing, the dancing, all of it, and it's all online. So, I mean, I think it's super creative though, like the way that everyone's been figuring out ways to get things moving anyway, but I'm excited to watch it. We're trying. And, um, the other, pretty much the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was just your MT. I mean, 
I'm, this is like really cool, obviously very um, appealing to younger people anyway, um, but your account on, on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So you can explain it, do whatever you want, but <laughs> I'd love to hear more about it anyway. So. Oh, the MT, something I never thought I would ever be doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this was, uh, I've notoriously been, if, if it's not Facebook, I'm bad at it. I'll put it that way, you know, <laughs> for a long time. And um, the, the nature of the world right now, especially with the pandemic over the past year, is that that's where things are happening and that's where people are. And as a writer, uh, if I wanted to reach people, I kind of realized that's where I needed to be. Right. Um, so my initial thought was to create something uh, that would build me a, a base of people who would then be a ready audience to listen to stuff that I had written. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, if I want people to listen to what I have to say, like, where's the best place? You know, what medium is the best place to do that? So I figured TikTok would be a good place because a, the whole rat tattooey thing was going on right. at the time. Uh, and uh, also there's the 60 minute time limit for those videos. Right, so yeah, I, 60 seconds. Right. 60 seconds, right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 60 minutes. <laughs> I could go on for 60 minutes. But yeah, 60 second time limit, which right. was kind of perfect, you know, and I thought nobody, nobody really, you can't really get the kind of content that I'm providing there anywhere else. I mean, nobody right. tells you how your favorite songs work. You right. know, like nobody's doing that, and so I thought, I was kind of uniquely positioned as a as a performer, as a writer, and as a teacher to be able to deliver that kind of content mm -hmm. uh, in a way that people might hopefully find engaging. Um, and I I expected maybe I'd have a few hundred people that were interested in right. it. And when I reached like three hundred followers, it was yeah yeah three hundred <laughs> more people I right. could teach. And you know now it's almost a hundred thousand. So. It's, you know, it's grown by leaps and bounds very quickly, but uh, it's, it's the response has been great and people seem to be getting something out of it. I mean, people from, from uh, established experienced writers to people who don't know anything about musical theater right. at all, but just like me because I'm crazy and energetic and <laughs> yeah. whatever and they have fun watching it, which is fine with me, you know, as long as they're getting something out of it, listening to it, I'm, I'm happy to be reaching people at all different levels of experience. Right. It's very, it's like a lot of information, very compounded, obviously, because of the 60 seconds, but also just like a lot of, you know, just kind of like making you think differently about songs that you like and why you like them, which is probably why it appeals to so many different mm -hmm. people, because it's like, it's either going to play right into your forte or not at all, which is why it's like, oh, right. you know, this is pretty interesting. I, I've never really thought about it that way. But um, yeah, so just kind of explaining. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, if anyone's not seen it, A, you should go look it up and B, just like, it's just explaining why certain musical theater songs work so well from a songwriter's perspective. And um, it's just like really cool to see. And it, it really shows how, how much you know about all of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of experience doing this. So it's just, and it's the way that I've been trained to think about music. And, and all writers, all, I should say, all good writers <laughs> think about music like this because that's, there are certain things that we use to make people, I don't want to say to manipulate people's emotions, but I mean, it kind of is yeah, in a way, right. you know, I say that it has a negative connotation, but yeah. it's like, there are things you do to make people feel a certain way, to make right. them feel the way you want like them to, to feel. It, to make yeah, them exactly. Perfect. And so, you know, that's something I have a lot of experience doing. And I know that I think similarly as a lot of other writers, because I've been trained just as they've been trained. It's like anything else. I liken it to, you know, like, like an, like an architect, like, there are certain aspects of art and creativity that go into designing a building, but like 
you know, you have to know physics. Like you right. have to know, you have to make, the building has to stand up. You have to know some things to right. be able to do the more creative part. Right, and so there are there are aspects of their basic foundational aspects of, of that kind of training that all architects have in common. And it's the same thing with composers. Right. There's always individual creativity and things that go into it that, you know, that everybody thinks a little bit differently about. But when it comes to the basic foundations of writing a song, like, yeah, we all think basically the same way because right. we have to in order for the song to work at all. Right. If, if we don't, it doesn't work. Um, so that's that's what I find so interesting about it. And I think opening people's minds to that because they don't normally think about that. You listen to something and you're like, oh, I really like that. Right. It's just but kind of then, like, oh, why? Like, you know, what's what's the most interesting part of that? Or why is this chord right. so... Or why so are you responding to that? Well, right. it's this chord change paired with this lyric. Right. Or it's the way this melody goes up on this thing. So, and he's like, oh, well, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. But yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, pulling back the curtain on the creative process in a way. But it's not... I don't think it's like, it's not like ruining a magic trick, like telling someone how a magic trick is done and then someone, it's no, like less magical. I think it makes it you're more like, interesting. It makes it more interesting. Because you're like, right? oh, like that's exactly why I feel, I mean, it, it's pretty much just like a very much consumer and, you know, provider kind of thing because you're trying to play right into whoever's listening into making you feel the way you want to make them feel or whatever and also make them react the way you want them to react or at least take something from the song. So right. when there's more like, I mean, you obviously have to, make it something that people are going to want to listen to and and explaining why i just think it's super interesting but um yeah so definitely congratulating you on that that's amazing and hopefully on your way to 100,000 very soon so, um but yeah thank you so much for being here is there anything else you'd like to say or uh should we close off the episode i don't think so i think that's good you, you ask good questions <laughs> well thank you for, for responding to that i appreciate <laughs> all right. it all right well i'll see you guys next time i post a video i mean a podcast and um thank you for listening bye